and go to the word of the Lord. Praise God. Matthew, the 16th chapter. Fairly familiar, I'm sure, to a lot of us. Praise God. Matthew 16. Praise his name. Appreciate God's people and your desire to just do something for God. Amen. God's going to work in greater ways. The more we make ourselves available to him. And I am praying for you. Let's pray. Lord, thank you again for this day that we have been given. Lord, we rejoice and are glad in it today, God, because of your kindness, your goodness, Lord. And we thank you for your word today. We ask you, please, to just feed us, lead us, God. Anoint your word. Anoint, Lord God, I pray my words. Anoint every heart, God, to receive from you. We love you, God. We thank you. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Everybody say, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Matthew 16, verse 13 says, When Jesus came to the coasts of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? They said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, and some Elias, and some Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom. Whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And then he charged, then charged he his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. God bless you. You can be seated. You'd think everybody in the area, these religious folks that were familiar with the word of God, these, this community of, of the children of, uh, of Israel, the Hebrew people, they, they knew the scriptures. They knew what the Bible said. It should not have been some big mystery of who Jesus was. They should have been able to see just from the very beginning, hey, we know who he is, we know what he's here to do, and we are so excited about it. Amen. But the thing is, we've got to realize in this day, not only in knowing this day that we're living in, but also in, can I say, in a warning to ourselves, look at how mixed up and messed up people can be if they don't really have a revelation. Amen. If they, He said, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven revealed it. Hallelujah. I, I want to be in sync with the Holy Ghost. Amen. I want to know what God's saying. I want to know what God's doing. And I want it all to line up with the Word of God. They're talking about who Jesus is. They know who Jeremiah is. They know who Elijah is. They knew John the Baptist and his preaching. These were religious folks. But they got it so wrong. Amen. Hallelujah. They should have been able to say, hey, he's coming. I I read about it. Praise God. I know what Isaiah said, that he was wounded for our transgressions. He's bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace is upon him, and by his stripes we're healed. He's going to die for our sins. He's going to pay a price so that we can have the kingdom of God in us. But they were so mixed up and messed up. And even even these disciples that, that knew who he was still still were so confused up until the very end, until God filled them, until God filled them with the Holy Ghost. Amen. 
But I want to focus in a little bit about what Jesus says here. And we've done this before, but I know God has something for us today. That when he begins to talk about that revelation, and he begins to talk about who he is, he talks about his church. And he says, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. This is so important that we recognize this kind of language is not new to what Matthew says here as Jesus is speaking and and, uh, Matthew is recording it. But you can go back and see that this was actually a blessing that was put on the uh, people of God, given to the children of God in Genesis 22, verse 17. You can turn to it or praise God. I highly recommend you bring your Bibles and you say, well, it takes me a while. Yeah, sure it does. Praise God. And you get to learn getting quicker and quicker. Amen. Praise the Lord. And the more you look at it while we're reading it, the more you get involved in it while we're doing this, the more familiar you become. Amen. But Genesis 22, verse 17, it says that in blessing, I will bless thee and multiplying. I will multiply thee. Multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven, the sand which is upon the seashore, and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. You understand, as we have said it so many times, that this is an illustration of an aggressive people. Amen. It's not a defensive maneuver. It's an offensive maneuver. It's not saying, hey, they're not going to come against you and overcome you, but you're going to overtake their gate. I think I told it to you a little while ago. Uh, Maybe it might have been Wednesday, uh, but uh, we're talking about Lot pitching his tent towards Sodom. Remember that? And he just kind of got a little closer. Had good reasons. It seemed reasonable. It it looked like the well-watered plains there. Looked like it would be very lucrative and prosperous for him. But it was just a progression toward, toward sin. Right. Yeah, you, you really do. I know a lot of folks, this is where they get mad at you. They start going after what they want. And, and, and you know, how dare you condemn me for just taking that one step closer to sin? You think I'm going to backslide? You're on your way. Right. Amen. Amen. You can't get there without taking one step. Amen. And it doesn't just happen overnight. We've said it so many times. You see somebody backslide and they just completely just not interested in God or the things of God. One thing they used to love it. And it seems like the next day they can't stand it. They don't want anything to do with it. That didn't happen like that. Amen. There was a decision made. There was a focus change. Amen. There was a step that was taken. So. We are blessed to be able to see the sad story of Lot because they, we see later on now he's sitting in the gate. And you'll see through the word of God, this is where in Ruth you'll see it. You'll see this is where a lot of governmental, this is where their authority was really. This is where if you needed to, to make a deal, the kinsman redeemer that was going on in Ruth and all that uh, of the inheritance of Ruth's family, that all the legality of that transaction happened in the gate. So apparently Lot being in the gate meant he had some kind of, uh, of uh, position in Sodom now. He is looked up to to a degree, but his family doesn't trust his walk with God any at all. 
So he's in a place now where he loses so much. Oh, I know. It talks about him vexed daily by the filthy conversation of the wicked in that city. And it talks about his righteous soul. But look at what he lost. Look at the price he paid for taking one step after another towards Sodom. But that gate was a place of authority. It was not only the place that defended the city, but it was also a a very important place where legal and, and governmental transactions occurred. But listen to me. God said, your enemy, you're going to take over their gate. You're going to storm their gate, and their gate will never prevail against you. When you move out and attack your enemy, you're going to be the winner. Amen. Later on, when Rebecca was released from her family, and her family gives their blessing to Rebecca in Genesis 24, verse 60, they blessed Rebecca and said unto her, Thou art our sister, and thou the mother of, be thou the mother of thousands of millions, and let thy seed possess The gate of those which hate them. There is this understanding that Jesus is bringing about that is brings into mind authority, brings into a mind a uh, a warfare, if you will. You're going to overcome. You're going to 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 storm the gate. You're going to to bring back the spoil of the enemy. Amen. Are you hearing me? If you go in to after Jesus was crucified, buried, and risen again, go into the book of Acts after the Holy Ghost is poured out and the church is born, you will see, it's amazing, hear me now, you'll see the apostles, the Christians, the church, what are they doing? They're, they're going out in the community. They're seeing the sick healed. They're seeing uh, uh, people saved. They're seeing churches started. They're seeing people helped and blessed and ministered to. That's the acts of the apostles. That's their actions. They're going out and doing. They're blessing. They're helping. They're ministering. Amen. With the power and the anointing of God. And the gates of hell can't prevail against them. When the devil shows up, they plow on through. When the government rises up against them, they plow on through. It's not this. Listen now. What a lot of people, they, oh, I believe it like the book of Acts. You should. But you know what? You don't see them sitting around doing nothing. Oh, the devil's been fighting me. Hello? Acts, the first chapter. Look at what he said. Praise God. You know what I'm going to say. I don't want to get ahead of myself. I get so excited. I want to just get right to the spike in it. I don't want to set it up. Hallelujah. Acts 1, verse 6, when they go... When they therefore were come together and asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? Hey, there's a lot of that being being uh, fulfilled now. There's a lot of prophecy happening all around us. Amen. And I'm not ignorant of what's happening. I'm not ignorant of, of what's transpiring. But listen to me. There's a focus here that Jesus said. And this is what the focus has been on the church from the very birth of the church here in Acts the first chapter, Acts the second chapter, really getting it set up. And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times of the season which the Father put in his power, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. I think the way that a lot of folks see their salvation 
They can go right back to the book of Acts and say, hey, I got it just like they did. I repented just like they did. I got baptized just like they did in the name of Jesus Christ. I got filled with the Holy Ghost just like they did. Speaking in other tongues. Amen. As the Spirit gave the utterance. I got it just like they did. But you know what? That's just the birth. For a purpose. And now we're fighting a battle. But sadly, our battle looks more like, oh, I'm afraid of what the devil's going to do. I don't want to backslide. I don't want to mess up. I don't want to fall. Is that how you see? Hey, hey, Peter, let me pray for you again. Oh, please, James, I'm afraid I'm going to backslide. Yeah, you're awfully close. Let me help you. Oh, we're fighting the devil now. Oh, the devil's been beating me up all day. Uh, Thomas, can you pray for me? Oh, we're going to fight the devil now. This is not a defensive warfare. Ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me. Both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and in the uttermost parts of the earth. Amen. Amen. This is made to, to be aggressively reaching out, blessing, helping, healing, ministering. And the problem with the church today is we have got ourselves so, our vision is so inward so self-focused like that one that was so scared to to work with his talent that he buried it away well i know i'm i fear god that's good that's the beginning of wisdom but there's a there's a work to do and when you allow yourself i said it for for so many years and i'm going to keep on saying it when you begin to get a vision of what god has intended that holy ghost in you to produce Amen. amen And you get over. We're overcomers. You've got your sin repented of. Amen. You're not dealing with your sin. You're not. You're a new creature now. That old you is as far away from you as the east to the west. I'm not always just so close to the edge. I keep falling back into who I was. Talk the same way. Act the same way. Think the same way. Amen. Amen. That's behind me now. Now my focus isn't on going back. It's on moving forward. When your focus is on, hey, there's people at my job that are lost and going to hell. There's people in my family. There's people in my community. There's people in the church that need Jesus. There's, oh, hallelujah. When you get a burden, I want the church to have revival. I want the church to be a place where people feel invited and feel the Holy Ghost. And I want to be a part of that because somebody's going to come. It's going to be my family. It's going to be my neighbor. It's going to be somebody I work with. So I've got to aggressive vision to make sure that that it's everything it needs to be. And I'm a part of that. Well, praise God. When we sit back and worry more about, we're still struggling with, with sins that should have been let go. Still struggling with an old life that should be behind us. Amen. Amen. That you just get it. I'm not who I was. I don't have the same habits. I don't talk the same way. I don't think the same way. If that old man starts raising up in me again, hey, it gets put down in Jesus' name. Amen. You just crucify that. You reckon it dead indeed. Amen. We are, we are not going to argue about the fact that we're in battles, but the sad part that I'm telling you today is the battle that we talk about a lot of times is a lot different than what this Bible's talking about in the New Testament. 
It's not talking about the devil's just working on me to all day, yesterday, the day before, last week, last month, just wants me to give up, wants me to go back. Hey, wait a minute. Praise God. Hey, I'm not saying you don't have a thought go across your mind, but you cast that down and start getting a focus on, hey, somebody needs me to be full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Somebody needs me to pray with them. Somebody needs me to help them. Praise God. When you get busy, too busy fighting your own battles, too busy playing around with your own sins that should be just crucified. Well, praise God. What kind of what what kind of gate are you taking? Amen. It's time to be praying, praying for for our land, praying for our nation, praying for. But make no mistake, make no mistake. If you get a burden for our country, listen to me now. You're sick and tired of the way things are going. You're sick and tired of sin. You're sick and tired of the devil and, and, and demonic forces. Praise God. And you're praying, hey, I'm going to tell you what you need to do. Focus on your community. Because guess what? That's part of America. Amen. Guess what? Focus on the people that you come in contact with. If everybody could just go ahead and, and stop complaining and start doing something about it. Amen. And start reaching out to the people in their neighborhood and being a Christian, being salt and being light to the family members that aren't in church, that aren't living for God, being salt and light to the people at their job and in their, in their, in their neighborhood and in the shopping center and at the gas station. Amen. That's where revival starts. That's where things are changed. Amen. When we go ahead and do more than just talk about it. We start shining that light. But I tell you what, praise God, you're all up in here. Brother Chris, I appreciate that testimony. Amen. Driving down the road and my GPS goes wacky. What do you think? First thing. Ah, I hate my life. I hate my phone. I hate traffic. I hate my job. I hate the person that's in front of me. The one that's tailgating me. This man called me up and said, oh, as soon as it happened, I said, Jesus, my eyes are open. What do you want me to do? What if some of your hardships, poor dear, did you catch that? I was sarcastic. (laughs) What if some of your hardships that you feel like is a great tribulation? It's just God getting you, amen, trying to get you in a place where you can storm the gate. Do something for Jesus, amen. I want to tell you something. When I start seeing the news and how bad things are, that makes me want to go ahead and witness more. That makes me want to shine the light more, amen. I'm not asking God like the disciples did one time. Just bring fire down on that Congress. Bring fire down and you don't know what spirit you're of. So what Jesus told his disciples, try to win a soul. Amen. Because no matter what their worldview is, no matter how their viewpoint is, no matter how messed up and mixed up they are in their life, in their family, in their identity, if they can see something great in you, not a grumpy complainer that's mad at the world, but somebody that's got something that they need, you're going to be the change. You're going to be the one that's fighting the battle and winning. Amen. People tell me they're fighting battles all day long. You just try not to backslide. I don't get that. I hate to say this. That might be pretty bold. I don't get that. That's not the battle that the Bible's talking about. I'm not saying there aren't temptations. I'm not saying, but listen to me. When you get your focus on making a difference, being the change, being on 
the winning side and said, hey, I've got what this world needs. Amen. Look what it says here in Hebrews 11. Well, praise God. You're too busy fighting your own battles to be what the church is supposed to be. Hebrews 11 verse 15 says, and truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, that word mindful is kind of not how we would probably say it in a post King James era, but mindful means your mind is full of something. You're thinking about it. So he's talking about people that have been brought out of an old life, brought out of Egypt, brought out of the wilderness. But you know what happens when you're brought out of Egypt? If you keep your mind full of what it used to be, every challenge you face, you cry about it. Because for some reason you had this deception in your mind that everything was always just going to fall into place, be easy and quick and... All that stuff about patience we overlook in the Bible because who needs that when we're getting what we want? Easy, convenient, fun, or I'm going to pout. If they would have been mindful, or if they'd been constantly thinking about that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. You got to burn your bridges. You got to stop thinking that's even an option. You got to remember what God did for you. Amen. Well, praise God. When any, I, I've heard people, you know, whenever you have goals in your life, you set your eyes to accomplish something in your life. Sometimes it might be New Year's resolutions for whatever they're worth or uh, uh, maybe a new diet or something like that. And uh, you start going and start fighting a few battles and overcoming temptation. After a while, people say they'll, they'll use this terminology. Sometimes people will forget their why. They're so busy fighting a lot of troubles and problems and trying to overcome their flesh and their will, what they want today, because, uh, you know, sometimes you want things that aren't going to take you closer to your goals. And in those days, it doesn't matter how you feel. You got to remember why you started that journey. You got to remember when you made this plan where your where your mind was and you got to remember why it was important to you to get out of Egypt, to get out of your old life. Amen. You got to remind yourself why, why you are so miserable in times past and why, why you want to be saved. Amen. But now they desire a better country that is heavenly. Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God. I love that for he hath prepared for them a city. See that to me, it it gets me emotional that God would not only save me, you know, I'm so thankful for that. And that's already mind blowing, but I think he just kind of put me in the back somewhere, (laughs) but it says he's not ashamed of me. He's not ashamed of you that you're part of his family. That's, that is such grace and such mercy, but we're so busy thinking about our will and what we want and what we feel today. Amen. That we don't want to just go ahead and Pick up the tools that God wants us to use and go his way. I realize there's sometimes people say, well, I'm just not comfortable with this. I don't feel that. Can I tell you something? If you had a, a, a screw that you had to remove from a piece of wood and, uh, and I said, well, here's the tool that gets that done. It's called a screwdriver. Right. And you can 
put that in there and start to turn it, and that'll make it so much easier. I'm just not used to that. And I'm not, I don't know, if because I'm not used to it, it's just not really comfortable to me. I'm just used to using my hands. Well, you're not going to get the job done. I'm not going to tell you it's going to be difficult. It's not going to happen. Amen. And can I tell you, sometimes God's trying to tell you, here's what, as a father, as a teacher, as a God who knows everything, this is how it works. This is better for you. And we're so caught on what we want, what we're comfortable with, what we like. Amen. That we can't ever learn and grow and, and get into a place. I'm so glad. You know, I don't understand these people. Oh, if I could go back and be a child again. I'm so glad I'm grown up. I'm so glad I'm, I'm, a, I'm an adult. Amen. I don't ever, I'm not looking for those carefree days of no responsibilities. I thank God for being mature and, and having a life. Amen. But you got to learn. You got to get out of your comfort zone. You got to, amen. You got to say, Lord, I don't want my will. I don't want what's easy for me. I'm done playing with blocks. I'm done with the games. I want to. I want to take on some responsibility. I want to be a warrior. I want to be a, a, a soldier for you. I want to. I want to help somebody. There's a whole lot. You know, you can win a game, and I'm not against games. But you know how much more exciting it is to be a part, of, even with the disappointments and the hurts, to be a part of what God is doing, to see people delivered. To see people healed, to see lives changed. Amen. Hey, I know it's a battle. I know it's disappointing a lot. Amen. But to know that you're a part of the answer to everything that God has got going on in this world, it's exciting to me. It's exciting to me, but we got this battle. Lord, my will versus your will. We were talking about it earlier during prayer and exhortations. Lord, I, I got to surrender my will because my will is going to be based on what's easiest for me. Not always what's best for me. Isn't that crazy? How many understand that? That what's easiest for me is, is what I want, but it may not pay out the dividends that I are going to be best for me. It's going to have consequences, but we still choose to our own self-destruction bad choices because they're easier. Rather than saying, help me grow. Learn, fight, amen, and be better. I'm telling you, and, 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 or you start a little while, but you have no consistency because you forgot that why. It's going to take a consistent understanding of this revelation, this vision of what God's called you to be. You're going to have to realize how amazing this is, that you're a part of God's plan, amen, to get his word out, to get his, his gospel out, his salvation out. <laughs> that that you, amen, in all the, the, the problems that you face, that somebody can see Jesus in you. Yes. See, it talks about desiring a better country here in Hebrews 11. And, and, and a, I can't say that it's not just been a, a part, in fact, a, a big part of my life to think that now my life goes far beyond However many few or few years that I live physically on this earth. Amen. But my life is bigger than that now. That I've got a place prepared for me that I don't want to miss. That that I'm a part of something eternal now. And that when the enemy, you know, the Bible talks about in Daniel that that spirit of Antichrist that's working even then says it's going to going to wear out the saints of the most high going to make you forget why you first started this battle 
try to get you to kind of get lazy in it because you don't really have any purpose, any drive because you lost that why. Amen. But when you recognize that, hey, wait a minute, I'm part of something bigger now, bigger than my life. And it's not just about going to heaven, though. See, over the years, it didn't take me long to realize that is such a benefit. I mean, eternal life, uh, if you lose that, the Bible says, what would it profit you if you gained the whole world? Can you imagine if you go to your mailbox tomorrow? You know, somebody was testifying about maybe getting a big check because they're praying for a need to be met. How about you go to the mailbox and say, oh, guess what? You won. You're, you own the world now. All the wealth of the world. It's yours. Go get it. And lose your own soul. You've lost everything. What would it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul? What would you give in exchange for your soul? But don't get hung up on that and say that's just the end of it. And and, and like I said, be like that man that hides his talent away. But so much more, even early on in my walk with God, I recognized that to me there was what David said when he stood up against Goliath and it would have been so easy for him. Nobody would have criticized him to just kind of, okay, I see what's going on here. I'm going to just kind of step over here and kind of get going guys. There's your snacks. I don't need to be around here. This is for, for you warriors to take care of. But something rose up in David that caused him to, to get bold Stand against their taunts and their their laughter and be able to stand before a king and then go out and fight that giant because he said, is there not a cause? He had the why. When God delivered me out of sin, he, he took away the bondage. He took away the chains. He took away everything that made me depressed and hurt and, and gave, gave me life. But he gave me purpose. He gave me a why. He gave me a cause. Amen. When I look around and see everything that is wrong, sin, hatred, rebellion, Everything the devil has brought on with his his lies and his deception, his the the powers of of principalities, the perversion. And I say, you know what? Jesus takes care of all that. Jesus is the answer to every single thing that I see going wrong in this community. And around this world. Amen. And now God has put his power in me right. and set me free from, from my past, which was such were some of us. Right. But now we're washed. Amen. We're justified. We're sanctified. Amen. So now we have a call in our life to go press against the kingdom of the enemy and overtake that. See, somebody saved, somebody delivered, somebody healed, somebody helped, somebody ministered to. That when I see all, and it's not enough for me. It's not enough for me to sit down and talk to you and say, it's awful. 
Yeah, it's awful. It's really awful. Oh, it's even worse than that. I know, right? And get away and walk away. But I want to shine a light of, of God's goodness. I might not be able to just give him an invitation, but I want to, I want him to see something different in me. Amen. I want him to see something new in me. Amen. Something, something that's better in me. Amen. But if I'm so tangled up in trying just to overcome all my temptations and hardly just keep the battle right there, just, hey, you just cast that down. Just, get, just lay aside. Isn't that amazing? The Bible just says lay aside every weight. And the sin which does it, lay it aside. Walk in the spirit. You're not going to fulfill the lust of the flesh. You're walking in the spirit. Praise God. You just cast down those imaginations and start saying, God, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to do this? How can I do that? I want your will, not mine, be done. Now, sometimes that my will, your will, not my will be done is a Gethsemane experience. It's, 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 it's heart rending. It's tears. And, but you just got to say, okay, God, I, what's your will? What, what do you want from me? And then start heading to the victory. Amen. People have forgot why they're in this battle. They forgot why they're in God's kingdom. They forgot what they, they've, they've got so far away from a burden and a desire. I, uh, oh, I, I, I almost hesitate to say just, just the boldness of some people when they get so carnal, so full of their own flesh and their own will that, that they stand up. I, I just don't care anymore about anybody else. You can't make it that way. You can't please God. God's not hearing that saying, oh, yeah, yeah, as long as you're saved. Who cares if the world goes to hell? You know better. You know right. That's not it. You got to remember. But sadly, some some are being wore down. You now have to know how to get renewed strength. You need to know how to just press through the uncomfortableness of it. Press into the presence of God. Press into a, a new renewing, a refilling, if you will, a, a reviving, praise God, because God wants to use you to bring his light into this world, to bring his strength, his power to all those that are deceived, all those that are that, that are, are bound to all those that, that are, are, are just full of the devil. Can I tell you what? Look, read what the disciples did. Read what Jesus did. That's our great commission. Go, do, act. But too often we, we think the battle. We've, we've been duped into thinking that the battle is all about just, just all the things that are going on in us. Some of that. Some of that just needs to be fought and won and start moving on. Oh, yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. I don't want to be a stumbling block to somebody. Right. I don't want to be a stumbling block. I don't want them to see me comfortable with sin. Yeah. Right. See me okay with an old life that yeah. still looks like the old life, still right. talks like the old life, yeah. still identifies with an old life. Right. That's it. I want somebody to see Jesus yeah. is alive. Isn't that what the disciples, they had that testimony. You see it in the book of Acts where, where they, uh, I don't know, these guys, it's not a degree. It's not a, 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 you know, a doctorate of divinity. They haven't come up under any kind of special teaching, any kind of rabbi. But I'll tell you one thing, I can tell they've been with Jesus. Right. 
I can tell they've been around Jesus. There's something. They don't just have a great personality. They've got power in them. I can see it. They've overcome sin. They've overcome an old life. There's, there's a new life in them, and I feel that. Yeah. I heard a story one time. I've told this before, but I, I was reading a book about a man who just uh, a lot of miracles were done in his ministry, a lot of amazing things uh, that were done. And it was very just his uh, some of the some of the uh, stories and books that are written about his life, just very encouraging to me. And um, I was reading this one book about uh, how he went into a train car and uh, somebody just looked at him and said, sir, you convict me of sin. This is all in the olden days. We say, I feel I feel conviction in my heart just just being in this train car with you. Are you a preacher? I, I feel I feel conviction and 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 they could feel the presence of God that just made them feel like they needed to find an altar somewhere. And the man and the man started talking to this person and and witnessing to them about how God can forgive sin and how God. But it first came with just being in the presence of this man so full of the Holy Ghost. And I prayed about that that day and I said, God. That's just something. Do people feel God? Do people sense that you're in me and with me? And and, uh, I went to work that next day, and I was working across a man the very next day. I was praying about that the night before, and I was was working with this man, and he was known to to be a drug user, and he was known to be uh, cheating on the woman that he had was living with and had baby to with somebody there at the, and, and but real friendly great personality and i was sitting there just doing my job he was doing his job and after a while he just looked at me and said i'm not a bad person yeah. i said what are you talking about i'm not bad you probably think i'm a bad person but i'm not a bad person i said i didn't say anything about it and right away i knew god you answered my prayer and i said i and and so i kind of i kind of let him go for a little while just kind of, kind of let that line go. <laughs> I said, uh, I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Well, I know, I know you think I'm bad, but I'm not a bad person. I, I, I was like, no, I'm sure, I'm sure you're great. Oh, don't even act like that to me. I, I know what you're thinking. I was like, dude, it's it's all right, it's all right. And then finally, after we went back and forth a little while, I kind of set that hook and I said, you know, I feel like God doesn't really look at people and think whether they're good or bad. It's just saved or lost. That's really the bottom line. And let me tell you what that means, because as far as God's concerned, you know, he's not rating our goodness. He just wants to save you. And I got to talk to him about how Jesus saves us. And, you know, I'm not judging whether you're good or bad or, but God's dealing with your heart and wants to save you and, and make you righteous. Amen. Praise God. I want to have a vision where I can see those people that are lost and see those people. And before I get angry and worked up about how messed up this world is, realize I was messed up. Realize I was as stupid as anybody was stupid as far as life choices and being lost. But but I want to be a part of what God is doing. To just be able to offer the hope and the help. You know, I've had to have conversations just like I did with that man there. And where they, kind of like with Stephen, you know, they're pricked in their hearts. They're cut to the heart, but they start attacking. Start tearing down God. And I said, well, nobody can make you, but understand there's consequences. 
I understand there's consequences and 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 but God wants to take you from those consequences and give you life. Amen. Revelation the twenty first chapter. This is the will of God. You want to know the will of God? You want to know the will of God for your life? He wants you to be a light. He wants you to be focused on his kingdom. Amen. Amen. He wants you to grow and learn how to praise God to get over your will and say, thy will be done. Get over just everything about you and your. He'll win battles in you so that you can help other people win battles. You know, there's somebody struggling with what you used to struggle with. If you'd finally just win that battle, you could help somebody else. Amen. Amen. If you finally just say, hey, here's how Jesus takes care of that. No more addiction. No more, no, no more uh, bondage. No more of that. I, I, here's how God did that in me. That's God's will. God wants you to, to, to have that strength, that authority over the devil. Revelation 21 verse 1 says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. This is the end. And you just forgive me in advance because it's hard for me to read these verses and not get emotional. Because what I feel in this service today is just a down payment of this. And this is home. The first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride Adorned for her husband. I know a lot of people are looking at a city and thinking about some of the structures and the mansions and all that. I'm going to tell you what God's talking about a city adorned as a bride. That's that's people. That's people. That's the church. That's his bride. Coming out down from God out of heaven prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Your life is for him. You were bought with a price, the blood of Jesus Christ. Your life is for him. So you ought to stop right now every day and say, okay, God, your will be done. Take your plans and give them to God and say, Lord, what's your, and you understand his will is good. Oh, I feel like God, if we could just say, God, I really, I'm not sure, but you know what? I I, want to trust you. And God's going to say, oh, wait, do you see what I have for you? We talked about Judas the other night. Can you imagine the sad story that Judas, I had all this prepared for you. I had all this and you sold it for what? You sold it for what? What's the point of that? Are you help us, Lord? I saw I, John, saw a holy city. Verse three. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. See, this. This verse here, some of you know, to me, is it is such an important verse because it really is bringing around what happened in Genesis to a full closure. In Genesis, God loves his creation, his sons and his daughters. That his, he, he, he made us for fellowship, to dwell with us in a beautiful fellowship that was, was not... not uh, Hindered by sin. There was no, nothing to cause shame or division at all. It was a pure love. And, and sin separated us from God. That now we're running from Him. We're hiding from Him. But now, after every battle's been fought and everything is accomplished, now at the very end He says, 
the tabernacle, the dwelling place. This is, this is the heart of God. This is why it, it, it just... It, it, it stirs me so deeply because this is God saying from Genesis the whole way through, this is what it was about. It wasn't about you and what you wanted and what you, oh, I hope I get a mansion. I hope I, oh, I wonder what I'm going to do with streets of gold. It was about him wanting to dwell with you. Amen. The tabernacle of God, the dwelling place of God is with men. It was worth his blood shed on the cross. It was worth the suffering of Calvary. And he says, this is what it was about that I could dwell with you. No more devil, no more sin, no more shame, no, no more consequences of sin, something pure. And he will dwell with them and they shall be his people and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes and there shall be no more death. Neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto them, Write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. And I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. Listen. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I will be his God. He shall be my son. Overcoming your will. Overcoming your plans. Your, what you think your purpose is. All your struggles with why God. Why is this? and Why not say, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want from me? You overcome you're going to inherit all things and you're going to, he's going to be your God and you'll be his son. But listen, but the fearful. I heard one preacher translate that word as cowards. I think it was very appropriate. Because it's not just that we deal with fear, although spirit of fear is something we must overcome. But fearful, why is fearful just first and foremost? Because a coward can't overcome. A coward takes the easy route. A coward says, my will is easier no matter how bad it is. Even knowing God is good and hell is, is sure. A coward says, I'm going to hide and stay where it's comfortable and easy. And there will be no cowards in heaven. It'll be overcomers. You hide in your own feelings and your own will and your what, what's comfortable for you. It'll be overcomers that make it. Fearful and unbelieving, abominable, murderers, and whoremongers, and sorcerers, and idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. I, I, I beg you to consider that God wants you to dwell with him for eternity. But recognize you're going to have to be a part of his king, to be a part of his kingdom rather is to be part of a of a church that will triumph. Part of a church that is actively working, laboring, fighting against the influence of the enemy where they can. Not just talking about it but doing it in their fam praying with their families. 
praying for the community, reaching out, trying to make connections to people to show them, hey, hey, you matter. You, you, you're, you, God loves you and you're important and God will save you like he did me. But if you allow yourself to think the battle is just, oh, God, here I am again, trying not to sin, trying not to mess up, trying not to. That's that's foreign to what this book is about. God said the gates of hell are going to prevail against God's his church. There's authority that is over the authority. There's a government that is over the government of the principalities and the powers. Hallelujah. Nothing shall by any means harm us, the Bible says. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, God. Oh, thank you, Lord. I really feel like there are some in this last day that it fits so, so well, that prophecy of Daniel that says they, he would wear out the saints. You forgot your why. You forgot your cause. Sadly, there's a lot of make-believe religion going on that never really gives a cause, never really gives a purpose to, to live in a life that is above sin and above this love in this world and the things of the world. Calling you to a higher purpose, calling you to... To a life where what's important to God is important to us. We struggle with old sins and old habits. Excuse them and say, well, God's grace and God's love. And never realize that God not only wants you to be an overcomer in you. to help others overcome. To bring that burden into church and join together with brothers and sisters that are praying, that are fighting battles. Encourage them with your victories. Oh, hallelujah. You see, we're... We so often, we get self-focused, we end up fighting one another. Devouring one another is what Galatians says. Having one another for dinner with our backbiting and our gossip rather than saying, you know, I want to be a help. I want to, I want to, I want to fight to help my brother, my sister be victorious. I want to help them overcome. I want to be an overcomer. I'm not just going through the motions. I, I, there is a cause. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, let's find a place to pray. Let's talk to the Lord. God, help us. Help us, Lord, to see. Help us to have a revelation. Help us to have an understanding of this cause. Oh, yes. On earth I long just to be. weights in your life or there's some things that you've just kind of got comfortable around and 
today's the day.